0: the thrill of hope, a wearied world rejoicing, anticipating, longing, come, thou long-expected Jesus. It's been a fun month as a church. Kids company, you guys kicked us off so well just a few weekends ago. Then we looked at the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and the part that they played in the story. Sunday, we looked at your story and how the Apostle Paul framed up the significance of the whole account. And tonight, what you just heard was the account of Luke. But Christmas is sort of an interesting kind of time, isn't it? It's really sort of a mix bag. There's the thrill of hope when we focus on Christ, but then we have responsibilities in our world and responsibilities of shopping and cooking and all the treats and the comings and the goings and the travels and all the plans. And before you know it, the whole month of December, even if you try to keep it pared back, can become very fast and crazy. And not just in the pace of life. It seems like Christmas today sort of has a struggle and a challenge going on. Sometimes between the commercialism of the world and the sacredness of the church. In fact, it was a few years ago, if if you've ever been to New York, there's the Lincoln Tunnel. I think the Lincoln Tunnel is about maybe a mile and a half. And, And there was a particular group of people that thought that they need to make a declaration. And so they put up this huge billboard. And this is what the billboard said at the end of the Lincoln Tunnel. You know it's a myth. This season, celebrate reason. American atheists, reasonable since 1963. I'm sure they've been more reasonable since 1963. But this particular group of uh, individuals felt that they just needed to make a public declaration that, you know, it's all a myth, isn't it? It's all really nice that you, you think about Jesus and the babe and the manger and you have kids' company productions that talk about it. But really, come on, let's get real. Let's own up to it. It's just a myth. And maybe some of you here tonight would say, I sort of agree with that billboard a little bit. But there were other people that didn't agree with the billboard. And so they soon gathered some money, and they put up another billboard just across the way from it at the end of the Lincoln Tunnel, and this was their billboard. You know it's real. This season, celebrate Jesus. Now, if you came through the Lincoln Tunnel, wouldn't you be a little confused? You know it's a myth. No, you know it's real. Is it a myth? Is it real? What's going on back and forth? Somehow they ended up making peace. I don't know. Maybe not. It just went on from there. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the reasons we focus, even with a Christmas Eve service, is that we, whether we are followers of Christ, seekers of God, or even skeptics, we owe it to ourselves to take this holiday season and focus on the real reason for which the season was at least named. And is that true, or is it not? And if you've been a follower of Jesus for a number of years, you maybe have become sort of commonplace with it, but I want you to stop and think about it. Think on behalf of the skeptics of what you're proclaiming and you're thinking. That God himself came into this world in the form of a baby? I don't know about you, but if I was God of the universe, that's not my entrance into the world. There's some other way for me to come. glitz, glamour, glory, angels, you name it. Let's get at it. I'm the one. But that's not what Luke's story foretells. I want to introduce you this evening to Jesus and his parents, Mary and Joseph. You're going, really? Welcome to the front. This is not Mary, and this is not Joseph, and this is not baby Jesus. This is Stephanie, and this is Christian, and this is their firstborn, a son named William. How's it going, parents? Good ride.
1: (laughs) hard, but it's good. That's so true. A blessing.
0: It is a blessing. But can you comprehend, friends, this evening, what you say we believe from the scriptures that the God of the universe put himself into the form of an infant child like William. There's just something about pausing and thinking about that. The beauty, the incredibleness of it. But also then, from a skeptic's perspective, is it a myth? Or is it real? I told them they won't be up here long. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Give them a hand. Well, Christmas is not just about the accounts. It's not just about presents. It is about creating memories. And... Uh, My oldest son, Ryan, who read Luke's story here tonight, wanted to create a memory for the guys in the family, and so he gave us IMAX tickets for Star Wars, and so we went to Star Wars last evening, down here at the Temecula Mall, and there we were afterwards. We had a good time. All right, let's just take... How many of you have seen Star Wars? There you go. Very good. Thank you for supporting the industry. In Star Wars, it's interesting, I have never seen Star Wars uh, episodes before. Now, you may think I'm a loser, or you may identify with me. I don't know. But I really enjoyed it. It was a a great movie. But it was interesting as, uh, you know, you sit there, and you could tell there's some Star Wars junkie kind of people. I mean, they're into it. They're all hyped, you know. And uh, when Star Wars, uh, it leads off. Don't worry, I'm not going to do some spoiler alert here for you. But when it leads off, Star Wars has the famous phrase. And you know what the famous phrase is, right? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And everybody starts clapping and cheering, man. You know, the crawl was starting to creep up and tell the story like it does in every episode. And you're like, yeah, yeah, hang on. And boom, you were right into the movie and you were on your way for a good period of time. And like I said, it was a great show. But I think that phrase is so telling and interesting for us as human beings because we like to have stories of wonder and imagination whether it's her science fiction or tales of uh, fairy tales, or whatever, there's something that calls us into another kind of world, and it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's the Star Wars pitch, and as it starts out, you find that some of the new characters on the scene were wondering, "Are the Jedi real?" Is Luke Skywalker real? It's just a myth. And if you're a Star Wars person, of course it's not a myth. It's real, right? And so the show goes. But it's interesting because if you're on the skeptic side of life, you sort of come to this account that was just read in the Gospel of Luke. And it sort of sounds like that a little bit a long time ago in a galaxy far away. The gospel according to Luke, and the word gospel means good news. The good news according to Luke, who traveled and observed and was a very accurate kind of person, he wrote down in Scripture this account that was just read for you. But if you begin with verse 1 of chapter 1 of the gospel of Luke concerning the advent, the season of Christ's coming, it says this. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Now, does that sound to you like a long time ago in a land far, far away? Luke was not casting a myth. At least in his mind, he was trying to represent eyewitnesses' accounts of this actually happened. This actually happened. And at the year of Caesar Augustus, the angel appeared, and then the baby was born, and then, then the shepherds came and worshipped. It goes on and it says this, Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable, Honorable Theophilus. Now, Theophilus was a friend, and apparently Theophilus had some of the same questions. Maybe, you know, I don't mind the billboards at the end of the tunnel saying, is it a myth or is it real? Because that question has to be addressed. You just can't grow up even in church as young kids and go, well, the story of Jesus must be real. My parents told me. My teacher told me at church. If it's really real, then you can go back and study it and find out historically, is it true? And all of us should be able to do that. And if you've never done that in your life, if you've just sort of gone with the flow thinking it's a story, you know, about a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you just dismissed it, you owe it to yourself to do what Luke did because Luke was concerned for his friend Theophilus that he'd, he really needed to get the pieces put together. And so it says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. That's why I really like, Melissa, the the kids' company production that we had to kick the month off with. Because with our children's ministry, they were looking at what? The facts. Get the facts right. The mystery of the manger. Not a mystery. It was a fact that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to this earth. He's trying to tell Theophilus this, and then he goes on and he says this. He says, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. And so if you open the account of Luke, as it continues on in chapter 1, it says this, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. A descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went with her and said, Greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Did that really happen? Well, according to Luke, it did. He investigated it. Eyewitnesses accounts. He probably had a chance to, if he didn't have a chance to talk to Mary, maybe people who knew Mary and definitely people who knew Jesus, right? This was not some account that was written 200 years after the event. Mary was greatly troubled at all his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Very good. He will be small, tiny, insignificant. No. The angel said, He will be great, And even as Elizabeth, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, your relative is going to have child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. (laughs) Man, you can get jacked about how movies portray science fiction and some other kinds of epics. But if you climb into the epic that the gospel, according to Luke, is foretelling, there is wonder beyond anything you've been able to touch, that God would come to a young virgin gal and place within her his very essence, and she would give birth. Isn't that a great way to start the story? Then I started up the music like the Star Wars music. Oh, yeah, let's get into it. And here is not a myth. Here is reality. And he says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never The people in that time sat on the precipice of Christ coming the first time. Their Messiah, they had no idea that their Messiah needed to be God himself come in the flesh. That's why the Jewish people rejected him. But God knew that there was redemption that needed to happen. Change needed to happen on this earth. So he sent his son the first time. And as you know, the story is it's unpacked. Jesus Christ lived A sinless life, caring and loving people, speaking about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom being His rule and reign would come into the hearts and the lives of people first. But then He's talked about His kingdom would never end and that His kingdom would come in its full glory someday. He died in a humble, obedient death on the cross. He was placed in a tomb. Jesus was raised from the dead. He broke the chains of death, broke the chains of Satan and all the enemies. And He was risen and was seen by hundreds of people for a brief period of time. And then He ascended into the heavens. And as He ascended, more angels appeared and said, Why are you gawking? This same Jesus you've seen go will come in the same way again. We sit... On the inside of the thrill of hope for what's called the second advent, the second coming of Christ. And from the other side on the first advent, the first coming of Christ. And we have ourselves to consider what to do. And we must think, is it a myth? Is it real? Is it a myth? Is it a real? You owe it to yourself. Luke took the account, showed Theophilus and many others. It was passed around. Eyewitnesses. I've investigated this carefully. This truly happened. Jesus came. But Jesus is coming again. And for these now 2,000 years until the Lord may come, and when you see some of the world events, you might think to yourself, I think the end's coming. He's wanting to know God is if you are willing to follow Him as well. It's interesting because if you go to the end of Luke, Luke has another story. After Jesus has been raised from the dead, it's next to the last chapter. In the last chapter, it refers to Jesus walking with two men who did not recognize Him after He was raised from the dead. It's called the road to Emmaus. And they were downcast. They were bummed. Their hope had been snuffed. Why? Because they thought Jesus was the Messiah and the Messiah to them was going to set up an earthly reign and deal away with all the evil and the corruption and set them free from their oppression. But here this Jesus who they thought was the Messiah was killed and crucified by the Romans on a cross. Done. Out of here. That's it. And they were dejected. There was no hope in them. And Jesus, not recognizable, I guess on the other side of the resurrection to them, walked with them to their home. He sat with them, and then He broke bread with them. And when He broke bread with them, their eyes were opened, and they realized it was Jesus. And He disappeared from them. You can read that account too. Go to the end of the Gospel of Luke. But many a times we too can miss the truth of Jesus Christ in our day. I want to just challenge you, encourage you, That if you're a skeptic, have not only an open mind, but have an open heart. Sometimes I ask people, if I could prove to you, without any reasonable doubt, that Jesus Christ was God Himself, come in the flesh, He died, was buried, rose from the grave, and He's coming again. If I could absolutely prove that to you, would it make any difference in your life? And sometimes the answer is, no, not really. Why? Because... We're just thinking about ourselves. So when you pursue, is it a myth? Is it real? You have not only a need to intellectually be open, but also to volitionally be open with your will. Would I follow him if he was God? Because that's what Jesus claims. Come follow me. He came to be the Prince of Peace, to give you hope, to give you joy, and to give you not only an eternal life with him, but to give you an abundant life of joy. If you're skeptical on that side, I challenge you to read the gospel accounts. In fact, I'd be more than glad to personally, if you ever want to just talk to me, say, hey, let's walk through it. I want to hit you up with some tough questions. Or maybe a friend that brought you a family member. Go on the journey. Go on the journey. Don't just react and reject. And if you believe that it's real, can I encourage us just afresh tonight to fall into the wonder and the beauty of it all over again? this night before Christmas morning. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. There's a song that we're going to lead off with. And the song is O Holy Night. We've referenced it the last couple of weeks. The lyrics say this. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. We summed up the Christmas story last week real simple. We summed it up this way. Christmas is about God sending His Son so that you can become His child. Christmas is about God sending His Son so that you can become His child. We're going to spend a little time in a candlelight moment. We're going to lead off with that old Holy Night song and we're going to sing Silent Night. As we sing these songs here on Christmas Eve, I'm just going to ask you the question. Do you believe? Do you believe? The Scriptures say to whoever believes he gives the right to become a children of God to those who believe in His name. Belief is not a blind belief. But I want to let you know this. Belief is not irrational either. Belief is rational. It's actually super rational, it goes beyond just reason alone. But there is reason to believe Luke's account and the incredible story of the ages, the epic that goes on and on. It's not trying to figure out what Luke Skywalker thinks. What does Luke think? And the Apostle Luke. Luke, as he recorded the Apostles, he believed it to be true. Climb into the world of belief. Not an irrational belief, but a super rational belief. Study the accounts. Open your heart to God. If you've never taken the moment to cross the line of belief and faith, you can do that even as we sing. It's a simple prayer. You just simply say, Lord, God Almighty, I don't know everything. But I do believe in historical accounts and that I believe you are God, sin in the flesh. And Jesus, I place my belief in you. I turn from my indifference my ignorance, my rebellion maybe, and I now turn towards you and I receive you to come into my life to be the leader of my life, your kingdom in my life, your reign in my life, your reign that will last forever from the first coming to the second coming. And I want to be a part of that epic story. Not just the big story, but I want your story to be in my life. I want it to be my story. Oh, holy night, this night, it's not about the words you pray it's about the disposition of the heart you can bend your knee internally and say God come into my life take leadership, take reign on this holy night maybe you've been pining for all kinds of things, I don't know why but the thrill of hope can come to you the weary soul that you have can rejoice because we have a Messiah will you receive him? have you received him? you followed Him. You can make that choice tonight. Some of you have made that choice, and we sing with great declaration. Some of you aren't ready to make that choice. I understand. Be open. Credibly pursue the Gospels and the truth accounts that we have with an open mind and an open heart. I'm going to ask Rebecca and Ryan to come. And we're going to just start lighting the candles. As we worship, I want you to think about that decision, and then I'm going to close us with prayer. Holy night,
1: the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear.